This is Dan Fagell, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. And if you heard the very end of our use case episode on Tuesday, you heard me slip up a little bit and say that one of my favorite guests is today's episode. I'm not really allowed to pick favorites. I appreciate all of our guests and their unique perspectives, but I've had this guest on a couple times uh, and happened to have a tremendous respect for his expertise and ability to articulate really valuable business lessons, even though his background is extremely technical. And that is Babak Hotjot. He's the VP of Evolutionary AI at Cognizant, previously the founder of Sentient Technologies, really long track record of powerful AI startups and now working with enterprises through Cognizant. Babak speaks with us this week about using AI pilot projects to set enterprise expectations. So how do we leverage our initial projects, initial traction to really help with a broader roadmap of adoption and deployment? How do we set ourselves up to succeed in the long term with initial initiatives? And this is hard lessons learned. Most companies are going to get this wrong. You want to make sure to get it right. So this is a tremendously valuable episode. I really like this Making the Business Case series on Thursday. I don't think we would get as many great topics like this unless we had this bonus sort of Thursday episodes moving forward. So glad to have you here on this one. If you yourself are just getting started with AI, that's what we're talking about in this episode, and you have yet to download our Beginning with AI short PDF brief, you can check that out at emerj.com slash B-E-G-1. That's B-E-G like beginning, and then just the number one. When you get to that page, you can download the short PDF brief for free. This is essentially a primer on what does it take to actually begin adopting artificial intelligence without making the expensive hiccups and mistakes that most enterprises make. It'll be a nice informative resource to help you get more out of this interview and others like it. So emerj.com slash B-E-G-1. And without further ado, we're going to fly in with Babak Hotjot, always an excellent guest, here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Babak, we'll kick things off talking about the components of making a business case for AI in the enterprise. There's a lot that goes into, you know, should we deploy this? Should we adopt this? What do you think of as those component parts? What makes that up? The business case is clear if the AI is serving the outcomes that you're interested in. And therefore, I think the business case should be aligned with your own business case. If you can uh, review... Uh, where it is that you are optimizing various different outcomes, uh, that's what AI is all about. It's optimizing outcomes. So that alignment should be there. Now, a lot of what we see in AI in various different businesses is sort of, okay, we've heard good things about AI being able to classify images or do translation or whatever. Let's just incrementally look at places within our business where this might help. That's one way of looking at it, but the way I would recommend looking at it is, is in fact, to work back from how you imagine AI impacting your business. Uh-huh. And so, because, yeah, there are both sides of that coin. There is the, hey, take your existing, you know, what are your key thrusts? Where's your money and your attention going? What do executives care about? And let's see where AI aligns with those and let's pick projects and that's can we move the needle on the same outcome? Okay, that's good. That's that's one side. The other side is, to your point, maybe bringing into the strategy room, hey, look, here's the representative use cases of AI. This is a new capability. It's important. Here's what it could do. You know, Maybe we should find some areas where we can build this capability that way. You recommend, really, let's hit the, the key business thrusts dead on. 
I think so. I think so. I mean, it's the difference between thinking of it as being incremental versus thinking of it as being disruptive. And and AI should be disruptive. <laughs> That's the, the our power tool. So why not use it and expect from it the outcomes that we're uh, we're seeking from the business? Yeah, sure. yeah. So not have the toy application, and not, not all kind of thinking about where does AI fit questions are toys, but some are. You know, like oh, we're going to do it in a corner, and then we'll say we're doing AI. What you're saying is, yeah. you know. Where is your your muscle headed? And can we just drive AI behind that to go for that outcome? So for you, making the business case is about just having your defined outcomes. I think a lot of folks would say that. What else, you know, I'm thinking about if I'm an executive at a big company and I've got to make the call, okay, we can go ahead with this. What else do I need to see? Do I need, do I need to know other people have done it and it's worked? Do I need to understand conceptually what it does? Do I need to know these the underpinning capabilities I need to build in order to enable it? What goes into, so I get behind my key thrust, what else is there? Absolutely. I think it's very important for you as a business to consider this as a differentiator. If we're talking disruption, that's what you want to own. And if you want to own it, you have to bring something special to it. You can't just be using it as an out-of-the-box tool. Uh, you have to bring in the domain expertise that you have, which includes the definition of the outcome, but it also includes how you would actually implement it, how you would deploy it, and how you would benefit from it. And the onus is on you, the business person, you know, that the, the business, the enterprise, to make that definition. Looking at others and saying, well, you know, other folks are using it in this manner, and therefore I should probably be able mm. to use it the same way, um, I think doesn't quite work. Uh, and it, what ends up happening is, oh, you know, a lot of people are using AI to find more insights in their data. Let me see if I can find more insights in my data. Let's just unleash it on the data and see what it gives us. Well, that's like, you know, shirking the responsibility of defining what you're looking for and why. why what, what would you use that insight for? And how would you know that what you have actually derived is going to be useful for you or not? So to me, there is a piece of this. I was actually thinking about this just recently where a lot of the business models have moved to being, look, there's a very special kind of like unique data going through my enterprise and that data is my gold. You know, if I, if I own it, if I own the data that goes through it, then, uh, you know, that I can monetize it. So that seems to be an established fact. I think we need to start thinking one step beyond that and saying that data in and of itself is useless. It's what you make of the data. In other words, the models that you build on top of that data and the way you actually make use of it, that is going to end up being your differentiator. And in order for you to be able to uh, monetize that, you need to actually capture it in the form that is useful for you and your you know, niche, your special place in the world of business. Actually, if you get it to that point, the data itself becomes less interesting. Uh, it's important uh, that it's piping through your system, but it's the abstractions that your AI is actually making off of it that's that's really the gold that you're collecting. This is, I want to see if I'm following you correctly here, Bavik. So um, we did a massive research project for a financial services firm that was looking for enterprise search. We talked to a bunch of these enterprise search companies. And we, we came to learn that actually like the crazy NLP that's going to comb your documents that's valuable, but it's actually just like getting the humans in the room to think through, how do we want to search through this? What are the categories we're going to use? What are the strata exactly. by which we're going to organize these? That's 80% of the value. And of course, none of the AI vendors want to say that, and I'm not disparaging them. You know, I, I know a lot of them. I've worked with them. They're, they're lovely people. But the fact of the matter is, 
like getting the orchestrated thought. So for you, part of that disruptive power is getting the humans in the room to think about what does this mean? And then we can wield it. Okay. We have a saying in AI, we say there's no free lunch. You can't take an AI off the shelf, just magically apply it, you know, just turn the switch and it will start giving you value. You have to bring something to the table. And in the case of AI, it's the definition of the problem. What is it that I expect the AI to solve for me? And what is it that uh, I expect to derive from that? And that's, that's the people in the room that you're talking about. That is the value you bring to the table. And it's not trivial. It is not trivial. And it does take some expertise and some thinking. But once you do that, that becomes your differentiator. So I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I've got one other question related to this, but I'm going to, I'm going to tinker around here. So, all right, well, you know, Bamix with a professional services firm. So of course, like, Hey, you know, pick your goal. Let's build out something custom for you would maybe be the, the default here. Um, you know, I'm not saying it is, but there, there might be other folks that are like, well, you know, I might have an idea. You know, I think about banks and chatbots, just how often they've failed. Wells Fargo, Ally Bank, these things just die off. It's like, well, you know, cool. I've got my use case. I've got my ideas. It's something seems plausible. I chase it down, but I, has this even reasonably been able to push forward? Is the tech at a level where I'll ever get any darn value out of this? Obviously, there is some consideration. It feels like there's some consideration there. Does any of that come, come in or how, how do you factor that in? It is very, very important. The tech, is it there or not? And I would say that we're close, but we're not quite there. Partly because the tech isn't thinking about it that way. So the AI folks are thinking about it more as, you know, building that general AI that is a one size fits all that you just, you know, so I think, I think there's some of that. There's the fact that the tech breakthroughs that we've had in AI are primarily around finding abstractions and patterns in data. And so giving you insights. Yeah. Uh, whereas what you really need is beyond the insights. Uh, this is something that I've been talking about a lot, which is at the end of the day, you don't need yet another report. Uh, you have plenty of that. Yeah. Uh, what you need is for the AI to tell you what to do. When we imagine an AI, we imagine a robot or some sort of big computer telling us, here's what you th- I think you should be doing. Here's when I think you should be doing it. Here's what I think is going to happen if you do it and how confident I am. And look, if you want to do something else, let me know and I'll tell you what's going to happen. So I think that's the dialogue that we should expect our AI to have with us. And from a technology perspective, many of those capabilities are not quite there. Now, I would selfishly say that uh, the system that we've built has been built to address those problems. I can't say that we address all of them, but that's the way we looked at it. And so I think, I think that's really important to, to note that off-the-shelf AI at its state of the art, does not address a lot of those questions. So you're very right yeah. about that. No, no free lunch, as you'd said. And, and I, while I no can't speak lunch. to the, the platform itself that, that you guys have, I can say that your firm is lucky to have guys like you because obviously you've been doing this since before it was cool, right? When was your first AI company? That was 1998. Think, um, it's like crazy, right? Crazy. <laughs> and then Senti, I mean, you've gone through a lot of stuff. I, I, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to toot Babic's horn for the listeners here, but um, you know, not, not every consulting firm has you know, fellas with big Silicon Valley experience have been doing this stuff forever. So I trust it more from you than from most people in your shoes is what I'll say. Um, Last question in this little series here is around thinking about ROI. Of course, 
I think most mature, certainly our listeners, are aware that you can't just say, oh, I want AI to improve my revenue by 5% by selling 5% more of this thing. It's, a, it's very hard to make these projections. We're talking about nascent applications. It's tough. You know, when you think about how ROI can be presented or thought about to make us feel confident moving forward, you know, we need to know this is the right investment, but, you know, it's not always going to work out. How can we still have that confidence despite the uncertainty to, to move forward and think through ROI in a new way? Look, I, the way I think about that question, and it's a, it's a really tough question, so I don't, I don't think we can address it in a few minutes, <laughs> but the way I think about it is if the goal that you set for your AI is aligned with the outcomes that translate into dollars for you as a business, then you can get a sense of the impact that the AI can make for you, because that's how you set your system. You're telling it, look, you know, the more of this outcome you achieve for me, uh, the better you are, and tell me what percentage that you can actually uh, achieve. And based on that, I can, and, you know, as AI scientists, that's, that's what we do. We take our AI and we assign it this, what we call, you know, outcome, loss function, fitness function, what have you. And um, we run it on out of sample, we run it, you know, we put it through the ringer, basically, to get a sense of uh, how it could impact us. Now, necessarily, that is going to be on historical data or fake data uh, that goes through the business, but it will give us a sense of what kind of impact it can it can produce. And that impact can then be translated into dollar amounts. Now, the closer you are in, you know, scoping out your AI you know, to be impacting uh, the outcomes. And the more you actually listen to it and bring it into your, you know, actual business flow and business decision making, the more of that ROI you are going to be able to harvest. But, you know, so that's, that's the way I look at it is that look at the use case and then actually task whoever is tasked with building the AI for you to give you a sense, not just of, say, accuracy, or what we call it loss or other aspects of, you know, uh, the insight itself, you know, how well it's forecasting, but give you a sense of how that would, that improvement in the forecast or in the decision-making is going to be uh, impacting uh, your business as a whole, which also brings us back kind of full circle. Do you really want to use this in the back room as a side thing, like a chatbot for your call center? And, and is that the main disruptive sort of the, the main source of your problem or is it somewhere else because you're going to be investing in ai enablement anyway you might as well invest in it in the area where you have the most potential so that little fraction that it would improve translates into the best roi for you yeah yeah okay i'm following you it, it seems like um almost the way i'm hearing this is hey Yes, this stuff is kind of nascent. Yes, we're going to experiment. Yes, our initial proxies are based on historical data. But you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna dive in and make this work, pick your lever that's really gonna gonna move the needle hard and like certainly project your you know your accuracy. But then you know connect that to business value. What would that save us for time? What would that translate to dollars, etc.? But it also sounds like you're saying keep in mind the strategic value. Keep in mind what this is going to unlock in a bigger way. Obviously, if you're selling AI, you need to be able to convey probably the strategic side too. Should people think about that as part of what ROI means? 
I think so. I mean, I, I'll give you an example. We talked to an insurance company and they were like, you know, we have these trucks and we insure them. And, you know, is there some way off the map and pictures of whatever to uh, get a sense of how many of these trips are completed? Because if we can get a better sense of that, then we can get a better sense of how much, you know, we should insure, blah, blah, blah. So my first reaction was, well, yeah, it's a relatively tough problem, but but it can be done. But my second question was, where is, I mean, as an insurance company, what is the most impactful decisions that you guys make? And of course, it's underwriting. It's the actual, like coming up with the actual number, like what, what should be the premium on this insurance that is the most important, impactful decision that they make. So if, what if I actually built an AI that can help you with that? Right. Rather than going into this nitty gritty of image uh, detection and, you know, map, whatever. Right. I mean, to me, it's the two sides that we started off on. Right. Like looking at AI and seeing what it can do for you versus, you know, posing the problem in a manner that now AI scientists can tackle that that can derive much more strategic ROI for you. We've seen some something like 70 something percent of the dollars that we estimate are going into AI and insurance is. Uh, claims and underwriting, probably, you know, to, to your point, it's like, what are your big decisions? What's moving the needle? Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, at least some people are thinking along those lines. But what you're saying is challenge yourself to ask what the big lever is and go after that. You know, don't, don't find a, an experiment, find a big lever. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think, think about so. that strategic value. Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, Bavik, I know that's all we had for this first interview, but thanks so much for being able to join us on the show again. My pleasure. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. Thank you for joining us as always. And I should have mentioned this actually two weeks ago. We, we crossed the, the 100 review mark on Apple Podcasts. So um, I, I started maybe two months ago. One of my business coaches was kind of yelling at me and saying, you need to actually tell folks that if they like the show, they should go give you a review. You need to collect more feedback. You need to you know, actually uh, ask about that. And we, we crossed the 100 mark. Our, our 100th review is from one of our longtime subscribers, Dan Barry. I gave him a big shout out on LinkedIn and said thank you. And it was really cool to see all the influx of opinions and perspective and great reviews from listeners like you. If you love what we do here um, and you've enjoyed this episode with Babic and the other enterprise leaders that we speak with and the value that we bring to the table, a lot of these ideas and a lot of these topics come from listeners just like you. And they come from some of the ideas we pick up in our reviews on Apple Podcasts. Pretty easy to find the AI and Business Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Let us know what you love most. Let us know what you want to see more of. Let us know an episode that for you is really interesting and important. That's the stuff that I talk about with my team. That's the stuff that helps us plan out future guests. And I can't tell you how much I value your perspective. So again, drop us a five-star review if you love what we do here on Apple Podcasts, the AI and Business Podcast. Pretty easy to find it. Anyway, so I'll wrap up this episode. We have our AI Future Series continuing on Saturday. So I'll catch you there. And then I'll catch you back for AI use cases coming up on Tuesday, uh, where we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence for drug discovery in pharma. So be sure not to miss that one as well. And I'll talk to you soon.